Hey everyone, this is Siobhan with the Creative Outsiders Podcast, where we connect the dots for women storytellers. Basically, we want to show you it's possible to live your filmmaking dreams. And today, I have the privilege of sitting down and chatting with Ronnie. And I can't wait to talk because y'all know I'm the research junkie. So let's welcome her on. (laughs) Thank you, Siobhan. Yes, I tell everybody, listen, I love researching, so it's always fun to talk to people. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear what you've uncovered. (laughs) So I I wanted to start off by just asking you, like, why storytelling? Like, why did you decide that this is what you wanted to do? Well, storytelling, I really kind of fell into naturally. I always tell people that Um, And it it sounds kind of silly going back this far, but I had a teacher in third grade who told me I was an exceptional writer and that I needed to continue to do it. She stopped my mother in the parking lot one day and said, I'll never forget it. I mean, she said, keep an eye on this one. (laughs) She's got a really good voice. And so from that time on, I just kept writing. And I was more so of a creative writer, so very expressive. If I had thoughts, I was always writing them down. I would, you know, write little stories and always kind of say, you know, save them in a journal. I have moved several times um, over my life. And so half of that stuff, unfortunately, I, I couldn't even tell you where it is. But my mother has always been really good at keeping my stuff. So it's, it's possible she has it. But also, I you know, I got my bachelor's degree in communications. So I kind of was trying to figure out, you know, do I want to be a journalist? You know, do do I want to take this writing and take it to be a journalist? In, at Marymount University in Arlington, Virginia, my major allowed me to kind of dib and dab in several areas of communications, like graphic design, journalism, PR, And so I had a a nice little taste, but it wasn't enough just yet for me to decide if journalism is where I wanted to go versus creative writing until I went to grad school at American University. And the professor basically said, take all of these facts and put it into, you know, a 500 to 1,000 word story. And you could have told me to jump off a cliff. Like I, I was like, I hate this. (laughs) And it was the very first class that I was taking through this program that I did every Saturday, lasted a year and a half. And it was painful. And I thought that I had made a massive mistake in going to and taking and getting my master's, but it ended up being fine. I got through the class after six weeks and it was fine, but I knew, I knew instantly that's not what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I wanted to take my creative writing and tell stories that mattered to me you know, stories about people that were doing amazing things. Um, and my dad was a, a, was a huge inspiration to me. He had come from working at the State Department to starting his own nonprofit and was always writing um, op pieces for like the San Francisco Chronicle and for the Washington Post. And he was writing stories that mattered to him. And what mattered to him was, you know, trying to, you know, wedge the gap between Africans and African Americans and trying to educate each other and trying to educate all of us about each other. Um, And that was a huge inspiration to me that he was able to use his voice to tell a story. So the long, that's a very long winded answer to your question. (laughs) No, it's really good because I just think 
I love how things start to connect the dots that like it started with your teacher recognizing that you had a gift and then verbalizing it to your mom and then for you to hear it because that's a lot of, well, that was the reason why I started the Creative Outsiders is because like when I went to grad school for screenwriting, my undergrad was not in that. And just the experience I had of not seeing anybody that looked like me and not feeling like anybody understood that I wanted to tell stories that I experienced and the people around me were experiencing and that it didn't look like what they were offering. So, Right, exactly. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And then so... We have that point where, you know, you recognize it and you go to school. So then what was the next step? Because that's what a lot of women are struggling with. It's like, okay, I experienced this. I know I have a gift. So what is my next step in pivoting into like living my dreams or my career? So how were you able to do that? Right. So part of, you know, whether you're at a university or a college, um, a lot of them, require you, minded, require you to take an internship before you graduate. And so I was blessed enough to get a great internship. It was, you know, through some people that my father knew and that I knew. Um, essentially, prior to getting that internship, I, I wanted to be a layout designer, as I thought I did, at National Geographic, because at Marymount, I was, um, I wrote articles for the school newspaper but I also did the layout design for the newspaper. And so I thought that my career was to do layout design because I, you know, visuals made me happy as well as writing. Um, But I didn't want to be a journalist. So I didn't go after, you know, as I said, I didn't go after Washington Post for an internship. I, but so through this networking event, I ended up getting an internship. And, you know, for those who are listening, who aren't able to get an internship or aren't at a college or a university anymore, that requires an internship, you know, there, there are still opportunities for postgraduate people to get an internship. Some are paid, some are not paid. So I know obviously depending upon where you are in your life, that can be kind of challenging where you're like, okay, well, I'm married and I have a, you know, I have a child. How, how on earth am I able to get an internship? Um, But I will say whether an internship falls in your lap or not, what I did to get to where I am now is that opportunities presented themselves and I always said yes. There was never a time where I said, no, I don't think I'd be good at that. Like I basically started my internship at Discovery as a photo editor and then one of my colleagues said, would you like to learn video editing? Because we need somebody to like edit video between the hours of like 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. <laughs> and I was, you know, I was unmarried. I didn't have children. I was like, sure, why not? Um, and then, so I was editing photos. I was editing video for the dot-coms site for Fit TV and Discovery and TLC um, and Discovery Health at the time. Um, both, both Fit TV and Discovery Health are no longer, but... I just kept saying yes to the opportunities. And then about a year and a half later, there was an opening again for fittv.com where they needed a digital producer. And so a digital producer in essence at Discovery 
or any major cable network basically produces content to support a TV show or that or the genre that the TV show represents. And so in the case of Fit TV or in the case of Travel Channel, which, you know, I run a team who creates content, they're, you know, in charge of photo shoots, you know, kind of hiring working with a photo brand team to hire a photographer to capture images of talent. Um, you know, we are also working with external and internal production companies to create video, to illustrate and show promotion for, for the show. And that's what I was able to do several years ago. You know, we're talking 16, 15 years ago mm-hmm. at TV. Um, and so I was able to kind of take my skill of writing. I was able to take my love of photography. I was able to then learn more about the, this area of video and the power that video has in illustrating, you know, combining all of those mediums together. I was able to do all of that, but for a website, which I had not even had, I had not thought of doing um, ever, but the opportunity presented itself. And so I took it. I never once said no. And I think that's why I've had such, <laughs> which, you know, some people were like, oh my God, you've been there for 17 years. <laughs> but, but I haven't had, I haven't been doing the same exact thing, you know, for 17 years. I think right. that if, you know, if I was a photo editor for 17 years, I would say somebody please check my pulse because <laughs> you know, I, I need to, I need to be doing something else. Also head of development for LMK Entertainment Group. I mean, again, opportunity presented itself and I said, yes. <laughs> right. Even though they have the qualifications that they're not qualified. Oh, what is the word for it? I can't think of the name. Um, imposter syndrome. Oh, okay. Um, so like, have you, as you have grown, because like you do say yes, and you do learn as you go, how have you been able to pivot, like not necessarily knowing exactly what your requirements may be of like wearing a producer hat or any hat that you've been while there? Right, right. Well, a lot of that is asking questions. You know, in order to have those different experiences constantly present themselves to you, you, you have to kind of be a person that's not, that's not afraid or ashamed Hey, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I would observe a lot of my colleagues. Um, I would ask to attend meetings or, you know, I would ask additional questions after meetings that occurred that I fully didn't quite understand the terminology that was being used or, you know, exactly like what just happened in that meeting. You know, I would always ask a colleague to further explain it to me. A lot of it you learn on the fly. I also, there was also a time where um, a colleague that I was working with on a project said that she was not able to go and supervise a video shoot out in Glendale, California and needed me to go. And I remember looking at her saying, you want me to do what? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I think I had only been working you know, I'd only been working on Fit TV for like maybe a year, maybe. You know, but I asked her questions so that, that she knew that, that I was excited and that I was going to go and that the questions were not more like me backpedaling. I didn't want her to think that I couldn't handle it. Right. Um, so you have to, your tone, 
is important. Um, how you ask questions, your use of words is really important. Um, so I recall saying things to her like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I would love to go, you know, as you know, I've never been on a full blown video shoot before. I had done studio shoots with uh, another colleague of mine where I helped her on Discovery Health as an intern, where I would, we would go to the studio and we would shoot things with a talent, but I was strictly there to observe and to read lines to the talent. Um, I was not in charge of it, but I think being exposed to a studio shoot helped a lot. And so when I, when this, when this idea was presented, it was going to be an all day shoot at somebody's house, inside, outside. And I was basically going to be working with another producer. And so I was basically being asked to go and supervise and to make sure that they knew what they were doing and that they were capturing the content that we wanted. And so once I understood what my objective was, it helped a great deal because I had to remind myself and my colleague also reminded me too, she was like, you know, what you do know is the content. Like, you know, you know some aspect of it. It's not like, you know, you were pulled off the street and you were told to go run a video shoot. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like I, I knew some aspect of it. So it helped a lot. But, but I had to ask the questions, you know. I mean, you can't go out and assume. I mean, my father told me the, one of the worst things that you can ever do in life is assume. Um, and I took that to heart. And so to this day, I will, I will ask questions. And even if it's like, if it is, you know, the head honcho boss that I'm too embarrassed to ask, I'll just ask the next person down. <laughs> yeah. So um, for people who are listening and saying, hey, I think that I have what it takes to wear the producer hat, like what skills do I need if they came to you and you have to tell them like three top the top three skills that they need to have to be a producer for digital series or even for um, indie films. So, it, so the question is, what would I tell somebody who wants to be a producer? Yes. <laughs> what I would say, you know, this is um, this is really interesting. So, I am, I'm in this part of my life where I have been a digital producer for so long, and I'm in the past two two and a half years, I have just. You know, dove head first into another kind of producing, you know, for film and for digital, you know, for additional digital series outside of the big cable network. Um, and, you know, there are still big questions that I even ask a lot of my counterparts because I feel like we're constantly, I'm constantly learning. Um, but for somebody who's hasn't even begun, you know, I would suggest you know, I wish I had gone to film school, you know, um, now that I'm in this phase of my life, I wish I could go back. Um, I would love to go to SCAD, um, Savannah College of Art and Design, um, or, you know, NYU film school or whatever the case may be. But, you know, I have three children and I have a full-time job, so that's not possible. <laughs> um, and so what I am, what I am learning is that now in this day and age, there are so many resources at our disposal, you know, between 
Matt, the masterclass series that Shonda Rhimes has done, that Spike Lee has done. You know, there are countless online classes that are now accessible to us. I would just say start researching and start going down, you know, that rabbit hole of kind of figuring out the best option. Not everybody can learn in an online class setting. Um, some people need like an actual physical person that they could reach out and just talk to one-on-one. Um, -on -one. And so if that's the case, then I would say, you know, try and look in your local community to see what kind of, you know, it doesn't have to be a big major school like a SCAD or even NYU film school. Um, there are a lot of local community colleges or even um, local universities that will offer credit courses, you know, so that you can have some sort of, you know, dip your toe a little bit, you know, into, into that experience. Um, but then I'd also say, I mean, have, getting the experience is powerful. Um, you know, I have, I think this is probably from my college days of being in, in um, and, you know, dipping into the journalistic world, but I have never had an issue cold calling somebody. Mm -hmm. um, so if there is somebody that you have, you've done your research, you've kind of are following different producers in the industry, whether, you know, they're producing TV series or films or short films, um, you know, I've, I actually did that recently. I reached out to one of the consulting producers on when they see us, you know, and I just, you know, emailed her and said, you know, I'm totally inspired by this film. I always feel like I'm trying to learn more. You know, what is your advice? Blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, do something like that. You know, don't be afraid to reach out and ask for guidance. You know, and if they don't respond, that's fine. But at least you reached out and you got that desire to reach out off your chest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would say it's a combination of online classes. It's a combination of going to a physical place, looking for a mentor, emailing somebody, asking them for guidance in the industry. You know, LinkedIn is a powerful tool now. I mean, LinkedIn, you know, kind of was like a joke several years ago. But apparently now LinkedIn is like back on everybody's radar. So, you know, you never know who you know that knows somebody else potentially, you know, in the industry. Um, and then also just interning. I mean, again, it can be difficult, you know, if your life does not, is not conducive for that. Um, but I would say that that's an avenue that I would, I would definitely look into. I'm a huge proponent of internships, whether it's paid or unpaid. Um, again, that, that depends upon where you are in your life. And as you were talking about that, because you are a mom and you do work, how are you able to like manage your responsibilities? Because that's the thing that everybody says, like, you know, some people who listen in are like working a nine to five and trying to pursue this in hopes of going full time. How do you then manage and have self-care? Because like, that's a big thing for me to be able to like share with other women. Like, how do you manage your self-care as a storyteller? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's tricky. <laughs> um, it's definitely tricky, but I will say um, I had a nice little breakthrough not that long ago where I had, where I realized the importance, again, I realized the importance of self-care and I've just found a way, you know, to budget, you know, having a sitter come at least once a week.
so that I can just go and do something, you know, whether it's going to a library and sitting and having coffee or, you know, going out with, um, you know, a friend or two. Um, but it was hard. I mean, uh, when I had my daughter in 2011, I think in 2012, I got connected with um, a mommy group. And there was a mother coach that was also helping moms who were also entrepreneurs. And I <clears throat> took her class for a little bit. It was like a, a nightly, or not, not a nightly, but like a, a once a week call. And all the moms would get on the call and talk about what projects they were doing. <laughs> and she would help us and give us guidance. But then she'd also made sure to talk about like self-care. You know, she said that how her and her husband unapologetically would have a sitter. Um, they have, I think, two, two boys and a girl. And like that was their day because between both of them being entrepreneurs, being parents, they lost sight of who they were and, and each other. And so they just made it a thing where once a week they had to go somewhere. And I never forgot that. Obviously, life catches up to you things happen and you kind of get off the rails a little bit, but it's important to refocus and get back on. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to write everything down, to be honest. Everything is in a calendar. If I don't write it down, if it's not in a calendar, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So, you know, I've also, so that, so I do that. I also make sure that I, I try and work out in the mornings. So I've just kind of like worked it where I kind of figured out if I was a morning person or an evening person. Um, I'm definitely a morning person. You know, kids will do that to you. But I think even prior to that, I was a morning person. And so I mean, I work out every day. Um, you know, as my, as the kids' school schedules change between, you know, when they're in school full time um, during the, during the, the fall and the spring months and then summertime kind of, you know, messes that up a little bit. So I have, I've had to re, re shift my, my schedule to get to the gym, but that I find has been paramount to any kind of like consistent success because it gets, you know, you hear it, you, it gets your endorphins going, it pumps you up, but it also makes you think clearer. Yeah. Um, it's like amazing. It's like when I don't work out, I feel real lazy and I feel real like I can just sit on this couch. I'm just going to watch TV. Yeah, me too. Watch Netflix. <laughs> so then, and then I also, I also make sure that I focus. So like if I'm, if I'm at discovery, if I'm at work, I'm giving it 100%. I'm giving it all of my attention. I'm not double teaming, you know, double time. I'm just, I'm giving it 100% of my time and my focus. And then the second I leave the building, I'm like in LMK mode. Um, you know, there are times where I have taken a long lunch, you know, and I'll hop on the phone to do, you know, some things. But for the most part, I am 100% focused, you know, on the task at hand where, you know, when I'm at work and then when I leave work, you know, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing the, that side of the, that side of my life, that side of my business. You know, I'm researching, I'm thinking about what stories we want to do. I'm, ha you know, taking calls with people and then I try and really cut it off by like eight or nine o'clock. But you know, obviously when you leave work too, I mean, for me, I'm, I am, a, I am, it's mom time from like 
five o'clock until eight, eight fifteen when I get the kids to bed. And I stick to that time, not just for them, but for me. And and they know that. And I've told them that, you know, if they if they're like, you know, running wild and it's eight o'clock, I'm like, okay. I need my time to do, to like unwind, to take a minute and to focus on what I want to do before, you know, the rat race starts all over again tomorrow. And, you know, and I have, and there are three little ones. So it's, I have found that I have to be as buttoned up as I am um, because there's more of them. <laughs> than there is of me. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> And they will run things if I don't. <laughs> so where do you see yourself going as a storyteller? Do you want to continue to be on the side of like where you are and continue with HGTV? Um, do you see yourself directing? Like, where do you see yourself going? Well, I, this is, you know, this is podcast is really great timing because I have found where I want to be. Um, I want to be a full-time producer. And if that is under the um, umbrella of discovery, then amazing. Um, If that is also under the umbrella of LMK Entertainment Group, then amazing. I mean, I am at a point now where I am telling everybody that has, has ears you know, that I want to produce. I have had many opportunities to produce, um, you know, digital series at Discovery, um, like Man vs. NYC and HGTV's Air Inspired, which is getting a season two, you know, in the coming, in the coming year. Yay! <laughs> I want to do more of that. You know, I, I do love my job. Um, I've been here forever, and I'm, so I'm very grateful and thankful that I'm able to say that. Um, I also love telling stories that matter, and I'm able to do that at, under LMK Entertainment Group. I love telling stories about you know young girls who are entrepreneurs who are just killing the game at like 14. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, I love telling stories and helping to to shape stories visually. You know, that have to do with you know the African American community. You know women entrepreneurs who are also mothers killing the game you know it's 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 really important to me and that's the side of me that creative writer side that i got tons of ideas that we are just aching to produce and film um the challenge right now is getting funding so we're working on some you know strategies for how to do that you know, and then personally, I'm, I'm looking to write a screenplay right now on a documentary about my dad, who had a pretty extraordinary, a pretty extraordinary life. You know, I want to keep writing, I want to keep producing. It's what I love. It really is what makes me what makes me happy. I mean, you know, when you're constantly smiling, and sometimes getting teary eyed, you know, looking at films, um, and not just because of the subject matter, but just visually, like how something is shot. I mean, I cannot look at, I mean, Siobhan, I cannot look at films or TV shows the same way anymore. I'm, <laughs> I'm critiquing everything. <laughs> and that's how I feel um, when I watch When They See Us. Yeah. 
So, oh yeah, we were talking about it on Facebook, like whether or not to watch it or watch it. Yeah. I was telling my friends, like, one, I was crying, like crying. But when I looked at it, I was like, this was told like visually so beautiful. Like it was such a hard story, but like visually, I was like, they they nailed it. Like yeah. it made me happy in that aspect. Um, yeah. So I get it. And I can appreciate you even saying, like, you know, you're certain about producing. And it's so funny because I think that I'm, like, finally starting to pivot in that direction. Like, I think that I kind of like it. Like, because <laughs> okay. I love documentary style and I love telling human stories. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And it's, it's even okay when you realize what you want to do everything after that is kind of like yeah okay now i need to figure out how to do it but i'm okay and i'm happy and i'm ready for the challenge because i know beyond a shadow of a doubt this is what i want to do right yeah um and before my last question i just want to ask you because i saw that you love traveling yeah that is like my goal to travel a lot more like i love wandering like i have a thing like even if i'm in an area i'm kind of familiar with i still will, like wander and see what i can find that's new um so i wanted to ask you how has your love for traveling affected your ability to tell stories in a good way oh wow that's a great question um well i definitely say traveling with your eyes up to a whole new world and a whole new perspective. Um, you know, without traveling, you really are kind of a one note. And I don't mean that in like a negative way. I just mean that in the sense that you're, you're, you're only thinking in one, with one perspective. Um, when you travel, and obviously traveling you know, in the U.S. versus traveling internationally are two different things. Um, and so I am really looking at it from the perspective of traveling internationally. Um, I went to um, Senegal with my father back in um, 2003. And um, in 2006, I traveled to Singapore um, for, for work, actually. Um, and it it's pretty fascinating, you know, when you go overseas and you see how other people live um, and you see how we are all so much alike, but, um, you know, all have different environments in which we grow up in. And so, you know, I haven't written a, a lot, in ter you know, with a, tr with a travel lens, aside from, you know, writing articles for Travel Channel about, you know, traveling with kids um, and, and whatnot. Um, so it's a really good question. But I would say my perspective has de has definitely changed. Um, you know, I, you know, and I think this is typical of anybody who travels overseas, especially if they go to Africa, you know, the thing that people always say that I always say that I even just told a friend of mine last week who was traveling, um, and to Ghana and to the Ivory Coast is that you'll come home and you'll want to go right back. <laughs> um, you know, you'll come home and you'll realize, you know, how spoiled we are here in, the, here in America. You realize how materialistic we are. Um, 
you know, things just don't, should not matter as much as they do um, outside of, you know, family and pursuing your passions. Now, it's not that other, you know, people in the different countries in Africa or even Singapore, et cetera, you know, it doesn't, that doesn't mean that they also don't have like amazing dreams that they're, that they're not already pursuing. But I'm just saying that it changes your perspective a lot and you start to be much more grateful and thankful for um, what you have. And I think perhaps that has influenced why I want to tell stories that matter because I get very bored and over with and over it in terms of the superficial. You know, it's also kind of speaks to, you know, taking a stand for something and understanding who you are so that you won't compromise your values. Um, you know, we had at LMK, we pitched an idea to um, a network and they were like, oh, this is actually really great for this other network. But for us, we'd love it if you could like tweak it a little bit and basically what they wanted us to do was take a very, you know, pure concept, like, you know, a mom um, and how she operates her life um, and wanted us to turn it to be a little bit more salacious. And it's like, okay, no, we're good. <laughs> right. You know, we, know, we know where we stand and we're not going to, you know, rewrite scripts and change direction just to get a paycheck, just to get notoriety. Um, and obviously there are tons of people out there that would have. Um, I don't know if, if, if it's potentially, it's potential, there is the potential that travel has had influenced, has influenced me so much that I know what I want and what I don't want. Mm -hmm. I would just say... You know, if you want to be a storyteller, I would say write, 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 write. And if you don't feel that your writing is strong, um, I would say take a class, take an online class or take, you know, an in-person class to improve upon your writing. But a lot of writing too, it's about technique, but then it's also about the inspiration. So I would say try and go places and experience things and think about the things that you are passionate about. Think about the things that inspire you and write about that. Um, Cause that will help your pen and your fingers just glide <laughs> and the words will usually just pour out. Um, when you're writing about something that you're passionate about, it's, there's a big difference in writing about something that inspires you and that you're passionate about versus Oh, everybody's writing about X, Y, and Z. Let me try and put my own spin on it. If it's not something that you don't care deeply about, then don't even bother. I like that. That's true. If it's not, you will definitely be forcing it. <laughs> yeah, it can be. You, you end up becoming somebody you don't recognize because you're trying to fold into what everybody else is doing. Yes, true. Well, let everyone know how they can keep up with you, how they can connect with you. Sure. So the best place to connect with me um, is email and Instagram. I love Instagram. I'm on there as Ronnie Craft. So that's R-A-N-I. He is a cat, R-A-F-T. 
And my email is Ronnie, R-A-N-I, at LMK Entertainment, GRP.com, LMK Entertainment Group.com. And I'm also on Twitter, but I don't check it a whole lot. So I would say stick with email and Instagram. <laughs> I feel you on that. I have like tweet maybe like once every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't do that. But I'm on Instagram like hourly. So. <laughs> gotcha. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. If you have questions, you can always email. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a comment. And you know my drill, don't talk about it, be about it, go live your filmmaking dreams.